I, I, I maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toodles Only Alternative and your on campus radio station 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Further review. We got David the Man of God Harris here on the phone lines, and we'll talk a little bit of NBA to finish up the the show here. As a, I wonder if Frank is going to call in and uh, give us his NHL power play. If he did, you'll probably hear it earlier in the show. But anyway, David, what's your thoughts on the NBA, the Rockets situation, and really the Rockets and Warriors situation? They're kind of the big drama right now here in uh, early November. Yes, and like you said, the Rockets and Warriors played Thursday night, and so I brought up the interesting question of which team is of more trouble or of greater concern, and for me, I think it's the Rockets. So looking at the Warriors, there's a lot of kind of internal fighting, you know, the story this week, Draymond and KD back and forth. Like, we, we understand that the team is kind of, is trying to bring in Kevin Durant and see him as more of a piece moving forward then Draymond Green recognized that Draymond's going to want some money. He's taken some discounts in recent years. But at the same time, Draymond is more of a vital piece to that team, even more so than I would say Kevin Durant, just kind of with what he does in the defensive end, what he can do, kind of and how he's been used in the playoffs as a defensive stopper in many regards. But then also taking into account the fact that Steph is out, and so you're already down three superstars, you know, battling internal fighting. They've, I, I think with Golden State, that's manageable and fixable. You know, they can talk it out, squash it out. They, the reports that talked about it, and that's when the stay in household was said. It'll be interesting to monitor moving forward, just kind of those dynamics, knowing. Draymond is the fiery personality of the team, knowing Kevin Durant, most notably known for trolling people and having burner accounts, talking about people and stuff. But I think once Steph comes back and the team starts winning, it'll just kind of be, you know, things swept under the rug. But for Houston, yes, they have injuries as well, but they really took a step back in terms of reshaping their whole identity as an organization. This year, they're ranked, you know, in the bottom tier, like in the bottom, bottom tier of defensive efficiency ranking. Like when defense last year was the reason that they were able to take Golden State to seven games, their ability to have depth and perimeter shooting was the reason that they took Golden State to seven games. And, and you know, aside from a Chris Paul injury, could have made the NBA Finals. But I think losing key defensive pieces, 
bringing in Mello to play a bench role, whatever, and then basically saying after 10 games, yeah, this Mello thing ain't work, really working for us. So now you're kind of starting from scratch in a way. Like, so, like with Houston, there's a lot more questions that we can ask. Knowing that, again, the Western Conference is starting to have a little bit of parity with the likes of your Utahs, with the likes of Denver. Now that Jimmy Butler is gone, maybe we see an uptick from Minnesota just a little bit. We know Portland's always dangerous. Uh, San Antonio is looking to get back into a top-four team and kind of reconstitute themselves. Like, it's almost as though... Houston's window is slowly, slowly closing, and having two, at least, well, at least one aging superstar in Chris Paul and another in James Harden that historically been, eh, not the best defender. If we're just going to be honest with you, it's like Houston. There's a lot more problems moving forward in terms of who, which of those two Western Conference finalists can get back to that place this year. And so, I think if I'm a Houston Rockets fan, I'm really worried about what this team is going to look like Jan, you know, come January, especially as we get to the All-Star break, and what transactions, what trades they'll have to do in order to get back some of that defensive efficiency that they lost in the offseason. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I really think that with the with the Rockets, this this is this is what I'm thinking is happening. Um, I think there's more to this story. We're not we're not getting everything. You got to remember too, Mike D'Antoni, um, D'Antoni or Antoni, you know, because he doesn't coach any defense. Him and Carmelo were both in New York and couldn't really coexist. I think they went all in. They wanted to bring Anthony in. I think that he. Both the guys wanted to be professional and give it a shot. And let's face it, in their offense, Anthony was going to be a basically a spot-up shooter. You know, D'Antoni is more of a European-style coach. He wants a lot of ball movement, dribble drive, kick. And let's face it, Anthony is, is a guy that either wants it, the pinch post, the low block, or somewhere in the mid-range area. And then every once in a while, he'll spot up for a three. But he's kind of a ball stopper. You get the ball in his hands, it stops the flow of the game. It stops the flow of the offense. And, you know, D'Antoni, you know, we this is what we ran last season. And it worked. And they got to the Western Conference Finals. Had an opportunity to close out the Warriors. They didn't. But... You've already got a formula that's already established there in Houston, and you're not going to you know, change it for Carmelo Anthony, especially this stage in his career. He's not a superstar. I don't even really think he's an all-star. He's just a regular player that can start on some bad teams, but really you know, his athleticism is eroded to the point where it's like, you know, Anthony, you still, you're one of the most talented, skilled players in the league, but you maybe need to come off the bench. And his ego is just not ready for that yet. And and I think it's sad, but hey, I mean that's just what it is. Um, 
I really think that he maybe needs to evaluate himself. I think there's other things too going on off the court too with him and you know Lala, his you know wife or ex-wife or whatever it is. It just doesn't seem like ever since that whole situation's happened, he hasn't been the same Carmelo Anthony. Um, the thing with the Rockets though is they gave up Trevor Ariza, which was a huge piece. Ryan Anderson, those were guys that really fit into the offense, and I think they thought that Carmelo was going to kind of conform to them as those type of players. Ryan Anderson being a spot-up shooter, you just go around in the corners and, you know, read off of Harden, read off of of off of Chris Paul. Those are your ball-dominant players, and they create plays. And Carmelo Anthony didn't really – I don't think he really wanted that. I think he really wanted to be like the old Carmelo where he wanted to get 20 shots a game. He wanted to get his touches. He wanted the iso ball. You give me the ball right here on this – on this pinch post, elbow extended, and then everyone else goes to the other side of the floor while, while I get the ISO game going here, and then I'll kick it out to you. And that's just not how the Rockets play. They more or less play like a five-out or four-out one-in with Clint Capella in the paint, roaming a little bit, and then Harden and, and Chris Paul kind of break down the defender, and then you just be ready to catch and shoot or catch and one dribble pull-up or catch and drive and maybe kick it to another player that's rolling to get an open shot. Carmelo Anthony, that's not Carmelo Anthony's game at all. It's the old school NBA game. And it just, I don't think it meshed. I think things that happened back in New York might have not been all settled. I mean, they're going to be professional about it. Remember, they're professional athletes. But a lot of times when you got an icy relationship with a coworker, you try to keep it professional. But if you try to give it a, 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 a redo or a go again, it, it probably is not going to work. And I think that's what really happened here with Houston you know, it was basically a clean breakup. We're not going to sit here and waste our time trying to make this work or hopefully make it figure it out. Um, with Carmel, this really makes Carmel look bad because you were in Oklahoma City. And look how they're playing. They're playing way better. If they got off to a rocky start, but they're playing a little bit better. You weren't really going to do nothing with, with Paul George. Now, will the Lakers sign him? I don't know. Maybe, possibly. But I don't see where he fits with that team. I mean, it's just, this is, I think, with the Lakers, just keep it young with LeBron and girl with that. Bringing in Carmelo and knowing how he is, knowing that he doesn't want to adapt to change, I think that really slows up your process and puts your process behind than anything. Um, some people were saying maybe the Warriors, maybe. Um, but right now, I don't really see where Anthony can go. Right now in his career, he should be looking to win a championship. Where is he going to go? to fit and win a championship he's gonna have to let some of that ego go and maybe be a guy that comes off the bench or just retire because even Chris Broussard and some of the other guys were saying that you know after a while this starts to kind of stain your legacy you know kind of like Allen Iverson he got to the point where Allen Iverson great transcendent talent but you could tell that his knees were getting shot he was getting he'd been to the league and getting beat up he was a small guy and he just didn't have that explosiveness anymore and people were like, well, you got to come off the bench. Well, I'm Allen Iverson. I'm not coming off the bench. And then it was just like, well, okay, now all the team that you wanted to play for have just basically shrunk because you're not a starter anymore in this league. Now, maybe some coaches could have been creative and made let him start, and then he wouldn't play that much, especially in the fourth quarter. But that's where I see Carmelo Anthony's game going, where you were once a great player, once feared, you're losing it. If you don't adapt and change, then you're going to be out the league. But he's made enough money in his career, right? I'm pretty sure he doesn't really probably care about that at all. Um, so we'll see. But like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't change 
his thought process because you didn't work out with the Rockets, you didn't work out with Oklahoma City, he might be out of the league and by next year or maybe a year from now. You know, not that maybe out the league after this year or maybe next year he'll be out the league because there's no one nowhere you can go and no one's gonna bring you on a young team and kind of be a kind of a you know cancerous and poisonous to the younger players. I mean that's just how it works. Yeah. Like as you were thinking of throwing out teams, like my mind immediately went to a couple. Like obviously like the joke is just put him on the bulls and let him, you know, and Fred Horberg go back and forth about shooting. But I know that that would just drive you crazy. You drive up to Chicago and drive him away yourself. Yeah. But but mm-hmm. like I was also thinking like why not a Miami Heat kind of team? Like we're like they're okay decently, but they don't really have a number one option. Like they have, like yeah, with Tom Whiteside down low, but is he really kind of like he is who he is? You have a young Bam Adebayo, but in terms of perimeter shooting, you have Josh Richardson, but he's not really as reliable as one might think, and especially in those fourth quarter options. You're not just going to rely on, you know, 45-year-old Dwayne Wade to just come off the bench and do Dwayne Wade things. Like, maybe that's the spot for him to kind of live all his years in South Beach. I mean, I know going back to New York is obviously not going to want or be appealing to anyone in New York, but throw him on the Brooklyn Nets. Let him, you know, the Nets are the Nets. I mean, no one's paying attention to the Brooklyn Nets. Let him get his money in New York. Because, like, 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 I don't see him going to a contender. Like, I don't see him going to a Golden State. I don't see him going to a Toronto. I don't see him going to a Boston. Philly just got Jimmy Butler, so he wouldn't go there. He definitely wouldn't go to Milwaukee. It's like, he's already limited as to who he can go to in terms of the teams that are contenders. And then you get to that middle, you know, that second tier, like the Miami, who have a possible shot. Like, yeah, he's slowly limited. And like you said, because of the way that he plays his iso ball, not, nobody's running that anymore. And if they are, they're doing it with more efficiency, with, you know, younger, more athletic players, with young superstars. And I think, yeah, Carmelo Anthony, you got to check your ego at the door. And, hey, if you really want to do iso ball and play that way, play international. Like, you already got your money. You you are in the NBA circles, kind of who you are. So. Well, yeah, you're right. And, I mean, and they blew out the, and as you can tell, they blew out the war. Now, I don't really get put much into a regular season game, especially in early November. But that's the reason why I watched that team, and you could just tell it seemed like there was a relief that he was gone. And that's why I said there's probably more to the story than what people are telling. It could, like I said, I think there was probably some friction between him and Mike. Maybe there was some stuff that wasn't really uh, the the hatchet wasn't really buried, you know, uh, enough with them. Uh, so, like I said before, it, it, there was something going on. It was just not a fit, and and they, and they, and they tried. And I, and I give them credit. I give them a lot of credit that both Carmelo and Mike tried to make it work. It just didn't work, and. You know, that's unfortunate. It does happen in the NBA. But like I said, I think this might be a wake-up call to Carmelo Anthony that he might need to reevaluate where he's at in his career and what's important to him. Now, if he wants to be the guy that, you know, that wants to be the man, 
he probably is only going to be on some really poor teams. If he wants to really think about, think about winning a championship, he's going to probably have to conform to that team and and really do what they ask of him. And I think that's the thing with a lot of superstars. When, you, when you're a superstar, teams conform to you. And you get used to that and whatnot. That happened in Denver and it happened in New York. But then when he went to Oklahoma City, you know, which is later in his career in Houston, he tried to. He wanted to. The team wanted them, him to conform to them, and he kind of still didn't want to do that. So, as I said, you know, it it is is up to him. Now, me, you know, if if I was late in my career and I haven't won a championship, I'm trying to go somewhere to win a championship. I mean, there's nothing wrong with conforming to the team. I mean, a lot of a lot of superstars have done it. Think about it. You know, Clyde Drexler did it. He was in the later part of his career with the Houston Rockets. You know, he was the man in Portland. But when he got to Houston, it was understood that you're getting the ball down to the dream. And he still had, you know, a few good years after that with, with Houston, you know, going on with that combo. But, you know, as Clyde Drexler was, he was almost the ultimate team player. And he got rewarded handsomely, handsomely for it. I don't know if Carmelo Anthony, with his ego, would be able to do that at all. So, I, I don't know. I always like to see, but I always like to see the grades go out at least respectfully. And I don't see this being a really ending for Carmelo being great. I think he might be one of those guys where it's like you go from being the superstar to the point where the NBA teams say, you know, um, don't call us, we'll call you, and you just never get that call. Yeah, like if if Dwayne Wade can go from being the you know, 305, you know, Dade County King of Miami to bringing in LeBron James and, you know, him running that city saying, hey, LeBron, you know, I will – I will be the second, you know, I will be the, not Robin, but you know, I'll be Batman, the lesser Batman in this role. If Kevin Durant can go from Oklahoma City being the man to taking a less, you know, less superstar, this is my team role in Golden State. If, you know, Kevin Love can go from double-doubles in Minnesota to, I'm living in Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio. Like, you, like, you should be able to, you know, adapt your game for the betterment of the team. And I think that's, that's going to be probably part of Carmelo, like, you know, Carmelo's legacy. It's while the great ones are able to conform, the great ones are able to, you know, say, hey, team over me, like Carmelo Anthony, we've said it time and time again, it's all about him. And look where it's got him other than Team USA success, which that really doesn't count because, I mean, come on. Yeah, that that is, that is true, and and like I said, I, hopefully it ends the best for him, but we'll see. But anyway, we can get on out of here. David, uh, actually, Frank got out of work late, so no hockey power play this week from Frank. But hopefully, we can get in the studio soon with him because we got a few topics to talk about. As he uh, omitted a little bit of information for some of his topics. What would you got going on this weekend? There, football on tube. I mean, some great great slate. Probably the greatest Monday night football game that we've seen in the last. 10, 15 years, Rams Saints. Hmm. Football is here. Rams Saints, this upcoming, you said Sunday night football or Monday night football? Monday night. Is that coming up this Monday night? I thought they already played. Yeah. Nope. Oh, wow. This weekend. Wow, actually. Last weekend was the worst one, the Giants 49ers. I know that actually that. ended up being a pretty good game, David. <laughs> you just over there hating probably the two worst teams, but it, it actually ended up pretty good. Make sure. Uh, David, when we post the picks, you get in there, get, get yourself in there on those picks. You know, you've missed a couple of weeks 
with some zeros. Yeah, I got it. I'll make it come back, you know. All right, David. I, I do my rise to greater. All right, take it easy, David. All right, you too. Yeah, that was David, the man of God. Here's here on 88.3 WGG's After Further Review. Frank couldn't call in, but make sure you always check us out on Saturdays 11 to 1. And check out the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm Derek Lawson for Frank and David. Peace. We're out and have a good, warm weekend.